Welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Chris. And I'm Josh. And this is the dad episode. Full-blown takeover. For all of you out there... uh, tuning in obviously this is not uh the wonderful ladies uh that you expected on the show um this is the father's day episode and uh we are taking this thing over and we are gonna have just the best time over the next um however long this takes guys this could take us all night to get through this (laughs) but um slumber party we do a little slumber party together yeah absolutely um just so you guys know so we can kind of uh correlate who's who here um this is andy um i'm mercedes husband uh if you guys could go ahead and chime in i'm chris i'm micah's husband and i'm josh and i belong to heather (laughs) that's right you do belong to heather my friend (laughs) um so yeah so uh, a a few weeks ago um i i texted out uh to everybody um i think i thought it'd be super fun to do uh, a dad's episode um having no idea what that would actually mean and actually i didn't really totally think it through but i realized it's actually father's day coming up so uh when this comes out uh father's day will be taking place um on the sunday the coming sunday um, so this is this is super fun. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have some time to kind of just share about our perspective, our journey, um, what it's been like to to raise a child with Down syndrome, and and get into um, a lot of that. I mean, with our wives being women, they have this really distinct mom perspective. So I mean, as dads, I mean, absolutely, we have like our own unique perspective. And so um, before we get going and, and talking with some of that. Um, we need to kind of break the ice here just a little bit. Uh, for all of you out there, I have never actually met Chris um, until 10 minutes before we started recording this. So um, I'm excited to meet him. I'm hearing him completely fresh. Josh and I have known each other for a while. Um, but let's uh, let's go ahead and get this started because this is my way of, of judging people in a very deep, deep way. Um, let's go ahead and do a top three movies. All right. Oh Come on. Yeah, I know it's tough. Top three are tough, but it's going to be kind of top of the head. And uh, let, let's see what happens here. So, uh, hey, Josh, I'm going to throw it on you first. All right. Um, uh, Les Mes would be one. Um, Which version are you going with? Oh, gosh. The, throughout the Who's the main character? You're going like Gerard Depardieu yeah. or yeah. like the newer one with Hugh Jackman and stuff. No, Hugh Jackman. I love that one, too. I like okay. them both, but that's the one that comes to mind for sure. They're like one and two. Uh, yeah, okay. one and two. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, oh, man. Yeah, pressure's on, buddy. Come on. Let's let's do this. Great showman lately? Man, that was Ooh, a really that's good. That's a big hit in our house. Nice. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, man. That's, uh, I'm sensing and... a theme with you right now. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, and you know what? The, the other one that comes to mind right now is uh, Zootopia. So there's the thing. <laughs> Zootopia. No kidding. Come on, if you can pull a thread through all three of those, uh, you you get a gold star tonight. Yeah. I'll work on it. That's impressive. That's impressive. Chris, what do you got? Uh, I'll go Legends of the Fall. <laughs> what was, why are you laughing? <laughs> Tremendous <laughs> film. Come on. <laughs> right? That's number one. Uh, I will go When Harry Met Sally, number two. Nice. I, I'm kind of hit okay. hitting some genres, too. You know, I don't want to be just all in the same um, arena. Yeah. Number three, I'm going to go, this is going to be a controversial, 
controversial choice, but I'm going to go I Heart Huckabees. Wow. You guys remember that one? Wow. I think like eight people saw it, but yeah. we love it. So. I've heard of it. I have not, I have not actually watched yeah. that one. So. These, and these are by no means my three favorite movies, but they are the first three I could think first of. Three you can yeah, think of. Yeah, same here. That I happen to like. So Impressive. Um, man, I, I don't, I think, I, I couldn't be farther on movie taste. <laughs> I think on, on where, on where this just end is. this thing. Yeah, here, here's how, the, here's how this nice goes. nice friendship while it lasts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm just going to go call it quits right now. Um, okay, break here we eye. go. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Number one um, for me, I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore. Um, that is, that's way up there. That's a line for line movie for me. Um, number two, this is going to be a curveball. I'm going to go with almost the entire time travel genre. Um, <laughs> cause I like every back to the future, um, Donnie yeah. Darko, um, let's just, throw, let's just throw them out there. Yeah. About, uh, what was it about, t- about time? That's a more about recent time. one. Oh, <laughs> so good. Just like, that's like one you just go watch your kids sleep afterwards. You just like is broken right? yeah absolutely momento. So, for whatever yeah momento like for whatever wherever it is if there's a time Inception. travel i am all over time it bandits. like i'm all in time bandits yes no there was a <laughs> what's the one with uh with aubrey plaza it's like a newer one and it's like some guy who posts an ad to like get help to like finish building his time machine it's like an indie film yeah, it, oh, oh, yes so good that one's awesome so um that's number two <laughs> and then um Ooh, number three. Okay, I am. I'm a little bit hung up here. On, um, I could go. I could go either. Oh, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. I can. I. I can go Zoolander all day long. Thought you were going Zootopia for sure. <laughs> well, see, I thought Josh was going to go Zootopia, and then and then it or, or go Zoolander. And he says Zootopia, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Um, I'll, I'll hang it there. I'll hang it there. Zoolander is is incredible. The second one, a lot of people weren't that into, and I thought it was. I thought, um, have you guys seen the second one, Zoolander two? No, I think so. Oh, dude. Um, uh, uh, Kevin Mooney from SNL has this character named Donatari. He's like this hipster fashion guy, and I, in my opinion, he might be up there in like one of the top five characters of like comedy film. Like that character is so insane. It's so much fun. So is Will Ferrell on that second one? Uh yes, absolutely he is. Absolutely. So all right. Fantastic start. Gentlemen, um your guys is tasty. I'm over here drinking a little bit of wine and listing those movies. And I feel like maybe you guys should be drinking the wine because that those movies are far more refined than my my choices. Oh there you go. See Chris is all over it. So um Rad. All right well Obviously, we're not here to talk uh, top three, five, <laughs> top three movies, but um, to here to share a lot about um, our lives as dads and, and raising these incredible kids uh, with Down syndrome. So um, what we want to do is kind of just do a little bit of a round robin, um, just share a little bit about uh, some of our perspective and journey on, on these kids. Um, we're going to we're going to let Chris uh, go ahead and start. Um, man, I mean, there's just there's just so many things to consider, but uh, maybe just kind of give us. Um, some of the summary with, uh, with how this all started, um, Chris's journey is going to be a little bit different, um, from Josh and I's, uh, granted that Josh and I have adopted our kids, um, with Down syndrome, um, and Chris has, um, you know, you have not bared a child with it, but definitely homegrown. Either with nor without Down syndrome. (laughs) Correct. I'm not born. (laughs) Okay. Uh, thanks guys for letting me go first. I really do appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so let me keep, like, I'll give you, you guys don't even, maybe maybe you know from here and from Micah and, and from your wives, but for everybody else who may not know, let me give you the quick play-by-play. Um, 
we, you know, we were in for our ultrasound and they said, Hey, you know, no big deal, but, uh, you got one of these markers, you know, yada, yada. Um, you know, they, they say the nice thing about like, you are in a advanced age or whatever they say, that's really, um, kind. Uh, and so you're like, all right, no big deal. Um, at that stage, we were probably most focused on the fact that, uh, you know, we were going to have another boy. We have two boys and then this was going to be our third. So we were mourning a little bit, not having a girl. Um, and honestly, that's probably where most of our, our energy was. Um, cause I think, you know, you just go into these things and you, you just think everything's gonna be fine. Plan. At least if you're, you're my type of personality, hmm. um, you think everything's you just sort of a technicality, right? So they do that. And, uh, you know, then they say, Hey, let's just do a test. And we're like, all right, we'll do one of those like non-invasive type tests and let's just, let's just hear how it goes. And we didn't really stress, honestly. Um, and again, this might be more my, just, I don't stress that much about things. It's just not especially healthy. Um, but that's a whole other episode when we do this sort of, uh, you know, dad, um, <laughs> therapy session, we can go down that road, but, um, yeah, so I was not particularly stressed. And then, uh, you know, we get the call and Mikey gets the call and I knew it was going to happen at some point in that, that day or something. And I was at work and, uh, it, it was totally unreal. Um, and I think as I've reflected on the, the sort of show notes we put together, I think the, the big difference for me is that I was really mostly fixated on, um, what Micah was feeling in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, you know, she is the sort of, you know, emotional center of a, a lot of the house and the family. And, um, I, I don't think I had the tools to really process it. I didn't have the practice of the tool. So I was, you know, I think I just didn't know what to do with it. And so I was completely absorbed in how is Micah handling? What does she need from me? Um, and, you know, we probably, we, we probably mourned a bit, um, we probably mourned a bit, but the, the really sweet thing is that, that both of us have been around people either with special needs or have people in our lives who really love people in their lives with special needs and are even more amazing people, we think, because of it. Um, I mean, they are, not us. Sorry, that was an awkward construction of the sentence. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I think we, we sort of had this, this hope as well at the same time, not trying to make it feel um, too sunny because it really was also some unknowns um, and some fears for sure. We also had this counterpoint that we could look at. Um, and I think over the next couple of weeks, as we started to tell friends and family, um, we were just encouraged, um, really encouraged. My sister, mm. um, she said, you know, we were, she was living out here at the time and, and um, we told her and she just said, you're going to love the shit out of that kid. It's like, <laughs> love it. you know, I'm mean, just like, it was I mean, stuff like that. Um, and just overwhelmed by um, that, that level of support and, and stuff. So I don't know how much, you know, more we want to go down that path, but maybe this is a good time to, to throw it over to uh, maybe, maybe Josh is a good time to hear your side of the story. Yeah. 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 So um, man, you know, thanks for sharing. I, 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 I feel a similar uh, sense in, in terms of uh, Father's Day 
you know, dad's episode. And, uh, and thank you, by the way, ladies, for letting us take this over. Um, you have done a fantastic job. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, three dudes taking over, and I hope we do a good job. We won't. Uh, if not, then <laughs> sorry. No, yeah, no. Um, yeah. So our um, our journey, like Andy says, a little different uh, because when uh, it was time to grow our family, um, it was uh, well, our plan to do a couple homegrown uh, kids, and then we found out uh, that we that. Um, Heather couldn't have kids and, uh, you know, was infertile. And, and so we, uh, did, a, a stint with, uh, trying to do in vitro fertilization and, and some is a little too invasive. Uh, and, uh, we always wanted to adopt and, um, but we wanted to have our own kids and then adopt. And so, uh, so we, um, said, all right, we're going to take this step forward and, and go after, um, uh, what it looks like. And I think um, as a father, um, my first thought was, man, with adoption, will I love my kids as much as I would a biological kid? And I, I just remember thinking that. And, and we had this incredible opportunity to meet this family uh, in town. Uh, Heather had a connection through her school. And, and we went over and, um, you know, mom and dad and uh, two adopted boys. And they couldn't look more different. But, man, they really were this amazing you know, nuclear family. And, and, uh, and they said, yeah, you know, uh, if you go through a private agency, uh, you can get babies and there'll be, you know, newborn healthy babies. And so I, I feel like that family really showed me a, like, oh man, you really can have what it looks like is what would feel like a normal family. And so I, I think we thought we had a, we were going after what was normal. And, What's crazy is uh, we got plunged into something that what we found the most amazing story and most amazing journey in the most unlikely place. Uh, and that was um, we intended to adopt our first um, with um, you know a private agency so you have you can have this list of everything you know everything you want, gender, race, um, all the things. And so we went through and wanted well, we wanted a healthy newborn and um, through a series of events and a long story, and my wife's wrote written a, a memoir about it. You can go listen to it. I think it's episode four. So very long story. We ended up with um, a very sick baby with Down syndrome, and um, and and I think the initial um, how we as we got plunged into this, um, like Chris, I was really focused on Heather, and I, I think she she was made to be a mom. And so the first, I think, uh, thing that we went through was the infertility. And then the second was, oh man, this is a different journey into, into parenthood. And, and not only our focus actually shifted early from, uh, having a, a baby with down syndrome to just, this baby was very sick. And so, um, so our focus was like, Hey, let's, let's, Let's focus on getting her um, the procedures that she needed. She had two holes in her heart, and she had an incurable lung uh, issue. And so our first focus was like, okay, we got to do all the things. And so I think um, watching my wife, uh, who was a um, was teaching high school, and uh, so she uh, transitioned home, stayed stayed home with um, our first daughter Mason, and um, and so she was just 
focus on her. And I think that was, um, so as we went, as we moved forward, um, we, um, you know, it was getting her healthy. And then, uh, as, as we watched Mason, uh, go through heart surgeries and go through therapies and go through all these things, she finally got to a place where she uh, was healthy. And I think, uh, at that point we were ready to adopt again. And so, um, we always say, well, God's going to, he did what he was going to do in the first one. So instead of going through a private agency, uh, we went to the county. And so, because, um, it was free and, uh, we knew, well, our hands were open to whatever he was going to do. So then on the second one, we, um, we got a healthy newborn baby. So, you know, this is how these things go. And that's my second daughter, uh, truly star. And she's seven. And, um, you know, you say typical, but she is anything but typical. <laughs> yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> so her, her, she lives up to her name. And, um, yes, she is our heart's desire. Um, so we have two girls at that point, And, um, you know, we're moving along. And we're ready to, um, we're ready to grow our family again. And so we uh, went after a third adoption. And this time... Um, we went through the county, and I just, it was a kind of this crazy uh, series of events, but we went and did the fast track thing with the county opt-in, um, and I just remember posting something like, here we go again, and, um, and I remember uh, Mercedes saw the post and um, text Heather and said, hey, there's a gal down here in San Diego, and um, she uh, has a baby, and she's pregnant. And uh, the baby has Down syndrome. What do you think? And I, it was like, ah. So we we really weren't going after. Uh, we didn't. Um, I really didn't want uh, a third kid with Down or a, you know second kid with Down syndrome, third kid. And so um, again, it was um, you know with Mason, we said yes, and then we said no, and then we said yes, and then we said no, and it was a it was a quite a process. And so with with August, um, it who was my our third child um he um we just it wasn't our intention and yet i think it was um it, we knew it was our calling and so so then we got to meet the uh, birth mom and we got to travel we had to journey with her through her pregnancy we got to be there uh we weren't there for his birth but we were there the day he was born and that was a pretty uh a magical day so um yeah it's uh, so we have three kids, two with Down syndrome, and um, so August is four and a half, and uh, truly seven, and Mason is going to be ten in like two weeks. Oh, man, double digits, dude. There. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. Isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Um, so Andy, um, I let's hear your side. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's so interesting. I, I almost... Yeah, I've listened to Mercedes kind of tell it, um, obviously. Um, and I, I have a, I'm going to have a bad tendency. This is, I learned this today, uh, reading into the definition of ambiversion. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's actually when an extrovert and introvert, you actually have a balance between the two, but there's like nine things to, 
you know, I found some lists that was like nine ways to know you're, you're ambiverted. And one of them was, yeah, one of them was like, uh, you, you easily get lost in conversation just from like, like rambling or talking too much, (laughs) which is like totally me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like you could you could easily like, you could either get bored really fast and move on or you get completely and utterly lost in conversation. And so, uh, I'll try not to make, make this long because I, I, I'm the one who will be like, oh, but this little nuance here is so important, such a critical detail, but it's really not that important. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, man. Okay. I, you know, the funny thing is about when I think about what I expected as a dad to start a family, I, I have a hard time trying to con- convince myself that I had any expectations, that I had mm. like some ideal in my mind of what my future family would look like. I think I just imagined it would just be natural and typical. I I honestly just didn't really kind of give it much thought. Um, But what I can say is that what it, you know, when the first time Mercedes got pregnant and she told me that was like this, this moment, because what happened was at the time I decided to, this was, I don't know when this was, this must have been 2000 and, 11 sometime um yeah 2011 um i had decided to start taking the train up from san clemente into irvine to go to work and um mercedes had done just a super fun you know kind of like pregnancy reveal right so i'm i'm coming home on the train um and i get off the train and it's like she's holding a sign you know, that they basically says, like, I can't remember if it said, like, I'm pregnant or, or you know, you're going to be a dad or, or whatever, whatever it was. But um, I, I remember that moment. I remember that, like, striking feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, something just major happened in my life. Something major just changed. And I don't think I ever really realized what that would feel like or what 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 to expect when you when you hear that news for the first time. And, and someone yeah. does it in a way like that. Right. So, um. Uh, so then I think within about nine to 10 weeks later, um, Mercedes had a miscarriage. Um, so we, we didn't, um, carry that child. And, um, yeah, so that was, um, you know, that was, that was heavy for us. You know, that was a a really, a really big deal. Not in the more I read into it and talked to more people, you found out how more common it was and was like, okay, so it's not like this was, you know, something like that is rare it's like okay it's not uncommon for a first pregnancy especially first trimester to have a miscarriage like okay so that it was i'm a very objective kind of thinker so for me that's that helps me to grieve and process a little bit faster um but i I definitely carried carried a lot of weight um with all of that um but then about three months later so this would have been um 2012 new year's day um I was actually going to be the best man at one of um, my really close friend's wedding. And um, I actually have a, actually have a tattoo. Uh, I just got uh, with that, with that particular friend. It's an avocado that looks like the California raisin, but um, <laughs> anyhow, <laughs> tangent. Um, so um, I was going to be the best man for his wedding and on, on new year's day. And I got a call from uh, Mercedes brother um, who basically had said that her brother Josh um, that had passed away um, that night. Um, so the first words out of my mouth are, are you kidding? And of course, like <laughs> his brother's like, no, I'm not uh, kidding. Like, why would I be kidding? Right. And I'm like, well, no, I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I was just like, I just blurted that out. And so I uh, instantly felt terrible. Um, but 
it uh that sent us on a, a completely completely different journey and it for me like it, it was it was like so much at once like i was actually like i was actually really excited to be a best man like at my at my friend's wedding it's kind of one of the only groomsmen experience i actually um have had and so it kind of it was just feeling all this stuff at once and it was so much and um so tragic and so we um we entered into this really this kind of this year of grief and dealing with both the miscarriage that had just happened and then losing uh, my brother-in-law uh, Mercedes brother um and to be honest I mean we'd only been married like you know man that would have been we were still under two years we were like 18 mm. months being married um and how do you how do you prepare for something like that how do you you know be young and up uh, 18 months and married and and kind of get hit with both these things in like a compressed amount of time I mean like you know I I didn't handle it, you know, probably definitely the best way, you know, that I could have. I mean, so many things I would have done differently looking back. Right. And so, um, later that year or kind of mid 2012, um, we took a, a bit of a journey, uh, down to Haiti to actually go, uh, work at a, a special, uh, an orphanage for, for kids with special needs. Um, a lot of them have, uh, had a cerebral palsy, um, and a bunch of other, bunch of other stuff. There's one kid with Down syndrome that kind of wandered around in the in this courtyard all the time and stuff, and he was fun to talk to. But um, we took this little uh, missions trip. I think it was kind of um, it was a bit of a healing process because um, recently we'd heard that um, Mercedes' brother Joshua had passed. Like just how he had this incredible experience being in Kenya, you know, not too long before that. And I think that was kind of Mercedes way of like kind of getting away from this world that we're in and trying to connect a bit with her brother and, and kind of do something yeah. like that too. And um, I think that really was a pretty amazing healing process because for us, like we we're getting this, getting to hold all of these kids um, with different things going on. And it just felt so precious and so fragile and so wonderful. And I think if, if any one of them had said you could take them home, I think we would have just taken a kid home. Like we, we would have just done it. Like, right it was just we were ready for it um so and that didn't happen i, I, I wish it had and that would have been awesome but um we got through the rest of summer got into fall and then mercedes reintroduced the idea to me um about adopting a kid prior to us being married she had um really shared that from a young age she wanted to actually adopt so um we were it was really just a question of do we want to adopt early do we want to adopt later what does that really look like she brought it up as a way to kind of say you know i don't know how long this is going to take but um kind of going into adoption from a, a bit of a checklist kind of point of view being like it's it's paperwork we we can kind of push a timeline we, we kind of know what to expect and it wasn't going to be based on biology you know she wasn't going to have to feel the pressure of like her body having to perform to you know hopefully conceive and, and all of that actually happening and I think for her it was actually a healing process to get through that grief to really just do something rather objective that at the end of it you know, we would end up having a kid like that would be kind of the end goal. Right. Um, so I, um, was like, yeah, sure. Let's I, I'm in. Cause like I said, like when, before I got into all this, I don't think I really had an expectation for what a normal family life would really look like. I just, it was, it, it didn't feel difficult for me to say yes. And then, um, she's like, well, and then I'm also thinking that, um, would you be okay with us adopting a child with down syndrome? And so, um, I also immediately said yes, <laughs> but I, I was a little, I was kind of like, well, but you know, 
just give me a day to think about that. You know, like I'm saying yes, but let me, <laughs> let me ask me again tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. And so, uh, we, she brought it up to me again the next day and I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. Now my own, my exposure to, uh, to people with different abilities and all that came because Mercedes has been involved vocationally in that industry, working with different people um, with different abilities, both like um, through a nonprofit where she would go home to home to actually help them grocery shop, go to you know doctor's appointments and all kinds of appointments. And then um, she also was a co-director of an actual um, ministry here in Southern California for a number of years, I think for like five or six years. And so my actually one of my first experiences of Mercedes was going to watch her um, actually lead one of the nights where she was on stage and um, doing this group thing, which, um, by the way, might be one of the most attractive things I actually have <laughs> for Mercedes is, is watching her in forms of leadership. Like she kind of when she owns something and she just has so much fun with it and is like so upbeat and so bright that it's just like, man, it's just it's magnetic. And so um, that it was it was to be able to to walk into a room filled with like over literally maybe over 60, you know, different teens and adults um, and with a whole range of, of different abilities and needs. Um, and then have her just come into the room with like compassion and sweetness and just bring them all together and have fun and be joyful. I was like, I, I've never seen anything like this. Like this is, you know, that was so compelling and so, so beautiful and wonderful. So, so for her to come to me and ask if, you know, we can adopt a child with Down syndrome, having that experience, it was like a no brainer. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I mean, come on, like how, how, how much fun could that be? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so uh, you see, here I go. See, I'm just so deep into this story. Um, I told you, I told you how this was going to go. Um, tell us how you found out about, yeah, about, yeah, about yep. your daughter. Thanks. So we'll jump there. So, um, all right. So yeah, other details spread aside. Basically what happened was on a Tuesday morning, um, I get a call from, Mercedes? I'm, I'm trying to remember if I got a call from Mercedes first or something. I think I actually got a call from our uh, Stephanie from uh, National Down Syndrome Adoption Network. I think she called and said, um, I just spoke with your wife. Yeah, that's what happened. She's like, I just spoke with your wife, um, letting you know that um, a a child was born last night. Um, nope. I remember now. Sorry. Sorry. Tangent. Okay. I was at a work meeting, a surf meeting, like over at San Onofre down in San Clemente. We're all surfing. Mercedes calls me. You're a professional surfer? Yeah. I'm a professional surfer, guys. I get paid a lot of money to do this. (laughs) Um, No, I'm not. Uh, Tuesday morning, I get a call um, and from Mercedes. She's like, okay, you'll not believe what just happened. And she's like, okay, so uh, Stephanie just called me from um, National National Down Syndrome Adoption Network. And she's like, they, a baby was born last night and, um, they said they're, since we're, we were kind of in pursuit of another child and she's, but she was like, you know, I think if you send your profile over, I think they'll actually, I think they'll pick you guys. So I, I think you should really send it. So Mercedes was calling to get my permission. So I was like, yes, yeah, send it. Um, we send it over and Wednesday morning, Stephanie calls me and is like, Hey, so just wanted to let you know, um, I talked to the family, they got a chance to look over your guys' stuff, and they picked you. So I just spoke with your wife, and um, 
the family is just wondering one thing. They want to kind of just get an idea of maybe what your life plan looks for her or whatever, whatever. And so, like, <laughs> I kind of wrote some like, – I kind of connected with Mercedes, wrote some stuff down. And later, like an hour back, she's like, okay, yeah, so they selected you. So um, the mom wants to know when you're going to get here. <laughs> Like, okay, I'm like at work, like building something, and I'm like, uh, uh, where is here? Like, where, where? Right. She's like, oh, oh, it's in San Jose, and I was like, okay. I'm like, well, um, if I leave, I'm like, okay, if we leave in the next couple hours, I, we can get there by whatever time. So, I mean, literally dropped everything, went home, figured out it. We had to like, I can't remember, we had to like buy a car seat. I think it was like because it all just happened <laughs> so fast. Um, we had to buy a bunch. Actually, it was like clothes and some other stuff. I think we had a car seat. Um, bolted up to San Jose, um, got to meet Sunflower. So her name, her, her birth parents are named her Sunny. Um, and we met her on Wednesday night. Um, and then Thursday morning we were trying to decide on her legal name. And so we decided to name her Sunflower. We wanted to keep her birth name Sunny and still in the name because her other siblings have the first names that start with S as well. So we kind of wanted to kind of keep that. But, um, but yeah, so that, you know, long story short, took her home on Thursday and, um, the rest is history. So it was like, find out on Tuesday morning, it's a possibility found out Wednesday. It's a yes. And Thursday morning we brought home a baby. That's the wild thing about adoption. Yeah. I mean, just utter insanity. Like I, when we met with our lawyer and he kind of told us how it goes, he's like, basically we need to get you guys ready. Cause what's going to happen is I'm going to get a phone call from a hospital and it's go time. And we're like, okay. So, I mean, that's actually what happened with uh, with our friend Everett, you know, who got who was adopted by. Um, oh my gosh, my I'm 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 forgetting their names right now. They're friends of ours, <laughs> but like Ted called us and was like, um, I need a family right now who can adopt a, a child with Down syndrome. Do you know anybody? <laughs> right. And so it was just like, yes. Yeah. So fortunately, in in this little community we have, like that's been made possible at, at this point. Yeah. So, um. All right. So, yeah, you know, so so many things to discuss from there. So that, yeah, that's that's a bit of, of my journey of, of what it was like for me to, to land there. Thank you guys for for sharing yours. Um, but, you know, let's yeah, let's kind of, you know, talk just a little about some of these things and from the dad perspective. Right. Um, so hey, one can th- I ask a question? Yeah. Sorry. I just was struck by the uh, the idea that you had to have a life plan. Yeah. For your kid. And you had to and- quickly. And yeah. you got to come quickly. And, and I mean, it's like how many of us have life plans, whether we know it or not. I mean, we don't write it down, but like the reality is we probably all have some idea of what we imagine for our kids. Right. Right. Whether before, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a kid with Down syndrome or after and how that changes. I'm super interested to hear what you said yeah. in that moment, right? What you wrote <laughs> down and and for both of you guys, like, what, what are life, I mean, what would your life plan be for your kids? Well, yeah, and I, I want to add to that, though. So, so you had a, a certain answer, but then I want you to compare that answer to, to yes. now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, man, yeah, because I called Mercedes, and we had to figure that out. We, um, if I can kind of, it's a little, it's a little foggy to remember exactly what we said, but I think it was like... <laughs> Well, we shared what we did was we wanted to share that how how we were prepared from a community perspective to take care of her. We were able to articulate, you know, our relationships that we had with like, you know, you, Josh and Heather of like, you know, Sunflower will actually be engaged into an existing community of other families that we know that have also adopted, you know, children with Down syndrome. Um, Explaining Mercedes actually worked in that, you know, that field for the past 10 years. But I think it was saying that 
you know, our hopes for Sunflower would be that, you know, um, one day that she would have incredible independence, you know, that she, um, that with our assistance or not, you know, be able to take care of herself as much as possible, whether living with us or not, like us saying that we, if, if she's going to live with us forever, then we are okay with that. You know, that that's like, we, we realize that that's kind of, that's part of the deal and that we, we plan to, to love her forever, to take care of her forever. Um, but we, we explained like, you know, we kind of, I think we kind of clicked into just our own unique interests and the kind of things we wanted to show her. Like, here's the life that we would want to show her. We want to teach her to be compassionate. We wanted to teach her to be loving of others and accepting of others. And, um, you know, we would, we'd show her, you know, all the amazing things in the world. I know Mercedes has these like fun pipe dreams. And I think she said this at the time. She's like one day, like I look forward to me and Sunflower going to different countries and experiencing life together in different places. Right. And the best part about that is she, I'm not mentioned in that pipe dream. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, but it's like, that was definitely something I remember Mercedes saying, where it's like, I imagine like, you know, you know, Sunflower being my best friend and her and I, you know, um, sharing a life together. And um, remember that that was more the things that we were sharing of just like, it was, it was really the idea of like lifelong kind of companionship, you know, with living with her, however independent she's able to become at the same time saying that like, even through her young life and raising her, um, we see her as our future best friend, you know? And so um, I I, I remember that 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 was some of the things that we'd said. That is, uh, that is rich. And I mean, that, that resonates a lot with me. And what has struck me is how, you know, our first two boys are, you know, do not have Down syndrome, and it's such a contrast. I think the types of call it life plans that you put in your mind, um, and the types of expectations, in a way, and certainly um, there is a purity in I think the, the hopes that we have for Ace, um, because it, you know, the, our first, your first one, we were like, all right, like we want him to be a pitcher, and uh, you know, we want him to. <laughs> be like strong and and then we want him to get a good job and like you know you do all that stuff right and um right and with ace it's just you want him to be loved you Mm. want him to be part of a community that cares about him you want him to be able to do the things that he enjoys and to um to have his gifts and and you know his his character recognized you want them in your life. Like these are things that now that my, my bigger kids are, are a little older, I'm realizing that's really what I want with them too. Hmm. But I think yeah. it, it just really kind right. of, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. Like I, I remember, um, something, you know, we've been asked by other families like, well, how, how could you adopt a child with down syndrome? And don't you want to have your own kids? And aren't you afraid of what it's going to be like for her? And to be honest, like, you know, for for what it's worth, it's it's not to typecast any any child, you know, with Down syndrome. But there's some things that you can kind of come to expect to what it's going to be like to raise them, right? Like I could say, like, there's a good, there's a possibility that she might live with us forever. Okay, like I'm just gonna, that's just gonna be there. Um, most people I know with Down syndrome can be super stubborn, but also super funny, and like, there's like these other things that kind of come along with it, and it's not to you know take away from anything unique about him, but compared to Rhodes, my second son, I was terrified to have that child. <laughs> like, you know, because it's like, I think as a dad, 
Um, well, there's two things happen. A, with Sunflower, she's my first daughter. So I, I naturally feel this sense of like, just I'm going to take care and protect like, you know, this wonderful little woman growing up right now. Right. So it's just like, that's the thing. Now for my son, it's like, okay, um, you don't have Down syndrome. You have like the full potential cognitive freedom to completely mess up your life on so many <laughs> levels. Like, and it's like, how can I, as a dad and a father do a good job of raising you so that you don't make those mistakes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like for me, that feels far more daunting than yeah. kind of yeah. at least where, you know, the, just the potential yeah. life that, that I have a sunflower granted, she's going to of course make her own mistakes and go through that. And, and if anything, actually, of course, the fear of, what is it going to look like for her future social environments? Are people going to love her? You know, like what Chris, you were saying with Ace, like, you know, just that wonderment of how, how society will accept her, like when we're not around. I mean, those are definitely the things that concern me, but it's just like, man, like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I pray to God that Rhodes doesn't turn out to be a murderer. <laughs> you know, it's just like good grief, you know? Andy, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Well, this is a question for both of you. Um, Kind of along the lines of uh, life plan. Um, where do you see um, both both Ace and Sunflower, their siblings? Uh, so I, I think that it goes along with. So they're going to outlive you, uh, and if let's just say um, they're going to go, they're both going to college. We know that, you know, uh, and but. Could you speak to a little bit about potentially living with their siblings? And, and do you hmm. think about that hmm. as, uh, as you guys move on? Yeah. Um, I'll probably let Chris maybe jump on that if you're ready. Do you ever to... think about that? Um, we, I think before we even felt like we had to think about that, we had the opportunity last year to go to the National Down Syndrome Conference. Um, which was great for us because it put on our plates a lot of things we hadn't even begun to process. Um, so I think, you know, we, we started putting these things on paper like, oh, we had not even thought about uh, what we would ask of our of our um, mm. other kids. But we, I think we got some really good practical advice, right? And and then that that was sort of around, hey, like just you can introduce a lot of. Um, unnecessary, unwelcome, just, I don't want to even say resentment because I don't know that that's the flavor of it necessarily, right? But um, just being careful with what you expect and ask of your other kids uh -huh. Uh -huh. because they, you know, they, I mean, guys, like my big boys just, just worship ace, right? Uh -huh. um, and you don't want any of that to be tainted by this sort of burden that they might feel. You want them to enter into it with love and joy and, and whatever they can bear um, so I don't know that I have a ton of, ton of thought, a ton of, certainly not any advice. Um, but I think that was super helpful for us to just, you know, cause I think you do think, oh, like, let's just, these guys will take care of it. Right. Um, but you know, I, I've, I've seen, um, family relationships where that has happened and I think it's caused some pain. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's caused some, some hurt and some, that burden has become something that you know, I think cuts off a little bit of the ability to fully enjoy and appreciate the sibling. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, Josh, what are your thoughts on it? I I've said a lot. Well, and, and maybe I'm thinking of the siblings episode where there's this amazing family with, you know, Jimbo. Um, and so I think I certainly, I mean, with both August and with Macy, 
um, I would never expect truly to jump in and and take care of her brother and sister. Um, I'm with Mercedes. I I think about uh, our life later with Macy, and it's it's a lot of fun and it's amazing. And it's um, I think and, I, and with August too, of course. But I there's something um, I don't know. I I think. I kind of think Macy's going to be with us for a really long time. And I think August is going to be like deuces. And um, <laughs> yeah. so um, I think about traveling with her. I think about her as this sweet old lady and us as these really old, you know, old parents. But I think, um, um, I think it has to be a natural fit and it has to be um, both, both sides to understand what, what this is and what, it's just a big, it's a much bigger, um, the universe has to align with everything for that to, to happen. And so, um, I think, uh, I'm really excited to see where Truly's at when, you know, maybe post-grad and, you know, family and, and down the line. So I don't know. I, in, in my heart, everyone's going to want Macy and August to live with their family because that that's just who they are. And, and that's the, the amazing family that we have and so um secretly we're really pulling for her cousin callie who they have this uh, macy and, and callie have this incredible bond and i'm like man someday that they're just they're going to be the sweetest little unit so yeah yeah I, I yeah i mean sweet truly is sandwiched between her brother and her sister who both have different abilities and so um we're holding that like so delicately. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, for me, like, I don't, um, I think it's, I'm not thinking a lot of, I'm not thinking a lot about it right now, you know, frankly, like we're thinking about how to try to set up roads and, and shepherd to, to kind of be, you know, looking after sunflower and in, in, in the long haul, you know, I do think that when the time comes, like, I think I will, you know, I'll, we'll need to, and, and we are in some ways like, slowly just integrating like interaction with her to help them realize like you need to look out for her you need to take care of her but the funny thing is sunflower like stands up for herself so much that it's kind of like i'm like dude like she does a better job of looking out for herself than you do sometimes (laughs) like you know so it's kind of it's this funny thing but no we'll we'll eventually get there and, and be able to start you know sharing um some of that um so there's actually so there's two thoughts um, or two two other couple things I want to discuss before um, we get on to uh, good news. Um, and, the, and the thing is, we can go on forever, man. There's so many so many big and so many good questions to ask, really, um, about kind of our perspective on all this. Um, one thing that I think could be really helpful from like an information point of view because I've wondered this and I, I want to know more about this. Um, uh, Chris, did you recently set up? Um, a trust kind of for ace um, or is, is, was there like a future savings account for him or, cause I know that there's a bit of a complication in California as far as like, you know, how you can set aside savings for um, a person with a disability, according to the state of California, like how that works. I don't know if that's related, but um, yeah. Uh, major disclaimer here. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a, yeah. uh, you know, CPA. Uh, I did, we did this, more than six months ago, so it's not fresh. I apologize mm. to everybody. I encourage you to go do your research. That said, uh, I think the best thing we did from a practical standpoint in the last year or so uh, was that we connected with a you know financial planner who 
had has a son with special needs and has done a ton of work in California to oh. um, just build up, I guess, the practice. So this, so this is not, by the way, this is not sponsored. A Northwestern Mutual guy um, who has done a ton of work to build up Northwestern Mutual's practice around um, having like financial products and good advice for families with kids with special needs. Oh, wow. Um, so that was huge because he was able to help us understand a little bit from the mostly insurance perspective. We were just looking to to redo that a little bit. Um, there's some different, you know, uh, assumptions you make um, when it comes to financial planning when you think, hey, my kid might be living with me forever, right? Right. Um, so, yeah. so that changed a bit. So that's how we got started. And, uh, you know, the trust thing before, if, lest anyone think it's like super fancy, it is not. Um, this is not like a big, huge trust that's going to like be passed down multi-generational. Like the idea here was to basically establish uh, a way for people in our community, our family and friends who love Ace to, you know, if they wanted to give him some money for Christmas or his birthday mm-hmm. and to know that that money was protected in the sense that it can only be used for him. Um, and I don't know, Andy, if, if this is what you're referring to. I don't know if this is a California or national thing, but one of the, the most important things you do with this this sort of deal is you're trying to make sure that the money is not in his name, that it cannot be seen as his savings or his income. Right. Yeah. Right? If you do that, then the government will say, oh, look, he's he's got plenty of resources. We don't need to give him any of this. Right. Yep. So that that's, if you have, you know, any decent CPA or, or state planner will help you understand that, right? But um so we went out and did this and, and um, you know, for us, we want all of our, our family and, and the fr- friends who are close to Ace to feel connected with Ace and with his, um, you know, with his life. And so this is kind of a way for us to say, hey, like, you know, if you were going to give him 25 bucks for Christmas, we'd love to just put it in here. And you know that, that money's going to him when maybe when we're not around, maybe when we need to afford you know, secondary school or, or housing for him later in life. And we just know that that'll be there. So it's going to take a long time to build it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty teeny tiny right now. And we're just going to take our time with it, but it felt like we were real grown ups um, to go out <laughs> and put that thing together. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That, cause that's kind of, um, that's a little bit, that, that's smart. I like the sound of that. Cause that's a little bit of what we've heard of just some of the danger of like when, um, if, if, if stuff is in their name and how the state sees it and then it, it could hinder their services or hinder their care and, um, or disappear like based on like who's legally responsible for the money that's there. And so it, it can get real scary and real complicated. And so, um, I, I've known some other people have actually set up like accounts in other States. You know, I know that oh. that's like been another way to do it, like as a way to like protect the, well, funding. we've got a it's, few it's pretty... like Cayman Island funds. Yeah. And stuff like that. <laughs> you know, Swiss yeah that's the real way to, to get it. Different podcast. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, cool. Yeah. I just wanted to hear about some of those steps. I think that's great. I mean, we, Mercedes and I, we recently set up like more of like a family trust, not, not too long ago, but it was really just as a way to kind of, if there's anything that we have a value, it, it can at least be kind of like claimed in, in some kind of way. It's, it's just kind of the legalities of getting some of that, that stuff taken care of. So, um, yeah, it's a lot, it's interesting. I feel like we're almost kind of talking like a legacy podcast, you know, as dads, it's yeah, like, right? it's kind of at this, at our ages to kind of talk about like having to think about <laughs> passing things on. But I feel like you're pushed into it a little bit, having an, a child with down syndrome, because you're like, okay, wait a minute. Like if I go, I mean, it's not just, you know, maybe a child who could figure out how to just kind of make it, make them, make it on its own or whatever it's like no like there's there's so much other stuff i don't know about you here. guys but but uh you know before ace we'd be like count we had like a 
you know, big uh, calendar on the wall counting down to the last kid was 18. You know, and you're like, that's when we're going to let loose. Go have a good time, right? And that, you know, that's just one of those other things that, that talk about life plans that, that changes direction, et cetera. But yeah. yeah. Right, right. Um, all right, cool. Let's let's do this last one before we, we get into the uh, kind of the ending section of the show. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to just overgeneralize and kind of ask the, the big question of like, well, what's been the most uh, you know life changing thing about having having you know in Josh's case one you know one of your kids with Down syndrome? But um, I don't know if if you can. Has there been anything that's really kind of struck you you know in the recent in the recent past of that that's specifically related you know to how you know your kids have actually impacted you or whether it's a work thing or a family thing or kind of even just an everyday thing? Um, I'd be curious to hear from you guys. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, yeah, we could go. We could go another episode. Um, I mean, for context, I I grew up uh, around kids with different abilities. So uh, my mom taught. She was a, a special ed teacher's aide for twenty five years, and so. Um, story after story, as you can imagine, I would go to her class, and and so I, it became familiarity. It became about relationship when I was younger, and so this is something I was introduced to a long time ago. And you can see how the, God pulled this thread all the way from when I was a kid till today. And and then Heather taught uh, high school for five years with, um, uh, in the special ed. So um, so I feel like I was impacted early. Uh, in such a good way, and I think um, to be introduced to this has just been a gift. It's just been such a gift uh, in a way that has ultimately changed our lives uh, and, and, and put us on a, on a different path. Um, and that, uh, I think one of the things that comes to mind immediately is just this idea of empathy, and I have a lot more empathy uh, for the other it's not about mm-hmm. Down syndrome. It's about um, uh, uh, marginalized. It's about people who yeah. are uh, minorities. It's about um, uh, a lot of different communities that are overlooked. And so, um, it's for me that has been uh, quite a gift to get to know their stories and get to know uh, how proximity to relationship changes so much. And so, and here we are. I mean, we're on a podcast talking about this. And it's amazing. It's amazing to be part of this community. It's amazing to, um, it really is in the same line as this Me Too uh, movement, Me Too idea that um, where we can get together and, um, and really lift each other up, but also to say, man, this is really hard, but then also celebrate the small wins. And that's why we end the podcast, right, with, with uh, good news. But right. um, yeah, I mean, it's, I would do it a hundred times again, and and even though it's really hard, I I still, um, it's just given us such a great purpose and perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Chris, what do you got? Gosh, guys. Um, you know, I I would say, let me start by saying, um, although I I knew, you know, people in my life who had special needs in my family. I would not say like Josh that I, I grew up with it. It was a part of my mental like landscape in that way. Um, 
so I think what Ace has done for us um, is he, you know, I think, okay, so let me, let me take it from this angle. Um, you know, if, if, if you're religiously minded, right, and you might, you hear a lot about how God cares about, you know, the least of these or the weakest and the marginalized. And, and for me, like, I, I think that was all lip service. Hmm. I think it was just easy to say it and repeat it. Um, but maybe not really believe that there was, um, that there was, or to believe that the value actually came from, you know, the people who have it together, the, those of us who, um, you know, are healthy, who have abilities and the more abilities, the better, um, those who can, Mm. you know, create beautiful things. You know, if you're going to be the greatest artist or the greatest chef or whatever, greatest musician, like that is where the value in this world is coming from. Um, and and I think what Ace has done is to turn that upside down and yeah. be sort of a a walking, like kind of barely walking, kind of almost jumping. Talk about good news. <laughs> almost there, guys. I know that. Little hugging reminder every day that actually that is where the goodness is and the value is mm. in this world. By that, I mean, you know, the, that, that ability of his, all of us, but it's just so in your face with, with him is that he accepts you yeah. and he can like receive that love really well. He can give it really well. Um, and I don't have any, you know, I don't have these expectations that he's going to, you know, be a eye surgeon or something. I don't know where I came up with that one, but, um, <laughs> and, and to be like, you know what, that is, it's actually okay. It's not like, oh, it's, it's okay, be, but we love him anyway. It's not that. It's right. actually totally turns the tables and provides this completely different um, lens that I just see the whole world. I, I, I brought him in to work the other day. Um, oh, I love it. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it was just amazing. You know, I, mm. I work in like Silicon Valley stuff, right? So it's, you see that the air we breathe is just, um, you know, that, that you got to be smarter and faster and better mm. than everybody else. And, and these are sweet, great people, but it's still the air you breathe and it's impossible to get out of. But you bring a guy like that in there and it just, um, just melts it down. So I don't know. We go all night on this, but yeah. uh, I will take a breath. Yeah. No, oh, it's so good. Um, you know, I, something Mercedes said recently, I think it's kind of been, when I think about something that strikes me is that, um, cause the beauty of it, I think part of it is watching how it impacted Mercedes. Like recently, like she's been really thinking about it, how in a way adopting a child with down syndrome allowed her to almost have a voice, um, in a way that people didn't have a voice for her growing up like as a, as a minority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like her, you know, being a person of color and being you know half black and half Peruvian. It's like, you know, she's seen and experienced things that I don't even relate to. And I'm half Asian. And so like, obviously like I don't like fit in with society, but I'm also like 
the the half white of me is most is almost like a 90% white of me because for what it's worth like I just I just grew up predominantly white in the way I do things in the way the jobs I took the way I was able to kind of make my way in the world is like well it's actually like if I had actually really been shown a very Asian course of life my life would look very very different but um in Mercedes sake I mean naturally because she's just darker I mean she gets you know so much of like you know a lot of the stigma stuff that comes I mean some of the I've probably deleted like maybe 10 comments on our YouTube page over the past couple years that have have said the most heinous racist like disgusting stuff like I've ever read like on a comment board you know making making comments at both Sunfly and Mercedes like in the videos and it's like people in this world actually exist like that and um, more recently to hear Mercedes kind of like really sit and process through, um, you know, what does it really mean for you to be raising sunflower? And recently she, she had that comment to say like, you know, because I think like raising her, um, it's, it's a privilege for me to be, to give her a voice, you know, it's like she has a voice in her own way, but yet to, to be able to stand for her, to stand in with her, um, I think in ways that, you know, she didn't have available to her, you know, kind of growing up, you know, in that way. And I, I was, I was super compelled by that. I'm like, man, that's one of the more profound things that, you know, I've, I've kind of heard her say, you know, related to raising, you know, Sunny. Um, cause that just like the way she says it too. I'm like, man, you are a force to be reckoned with, you know, it's just, it just, it's just her moving into the future for the kind of voice, you know, the kind of things that they'll do together, you know, the kind of things that she'll continue to represent because the beauty of it all isn't that Mercedes isn't this coarse, you know, loud voice pushing back against the system and like screaming and shouting. She's like standing in the face of, you know, a status quo that suggests that people with Down syndrome maybe shouldn't exist in this world with outrageous compassion and outrageous grace and outrageous kindness and love that it's just you when you're faced with it, you instantly, whatever you saw before is changed. And it's just, um, it's just amazing to, like I, like I said earlier in the show, how I had no expectation for what my family life would look like. There's no way if someone had said, this is what it's going to look like that I would ever have believed them. Right. And so, um, that's just, I'm so, I feel so privileged and so honored. I mean, just to have the opportunity to, to be a father to my daughter, to be a husband to my wife, to be like, okay, how, where are we going? What are we doing? How can I, how can I support and continue to, to grow this family in the best way possible? And so um, that, that particular uh, story has, has really kind of uh, made an impression on me. And so uh, that's been great. So I, I feel like that's kind of a great connection in in relationship to getting to good news more specifically. Um, so, uh, you know, we could get there guys. Um, you know, the girls usually like to jump in and sing a song. I don't know if, uh, it's like 1030 right now, three dudes like <laughs> sitting in an office, a closet Want in that. a garage. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much gusto we've got. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. Uh, you don't that. want me to sing. No, 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 I don't want you to sing Josh. <laughs> oh, but the ladies, the ladies kill it. Now they've got voices of angels, am I right? 
Oh, you are right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, awesome. Uh, so uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to sing because simply said, it, it will it will not come near um, at all what uh, what these ladies do on this show. So, um, but we're going to go ahead and uh, and do it uh, with some good news. Um, I'll go first. Uh, mine's an interesting one. Um, you know, recently uh, with some of. A lot of the controversy in uh, in the world related to the idea of consent, like raising young girls to understand the idea of consent. And here's kind of a funny, a funny thing, right? Like even with their own kids, like forcing hugs upon them, forcing kisses upon them, like even like as dads, like, you know, we just want to yeah. take, you know, whatever we can get from them because, you know, we just want to, you know, just wrap them up and just and just give them all our love at once. But it's um, someone it, 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 it kind of clicked in my mind, the idea of raising a child to understand consent, because, yeah, I don't want some stranger, you know, like right. coming up to them and, and asking right. for things and, and then feeling like they can't say no, you know, that they'll just assume it's an adult and that it's OK if they pick them up or they hug them or they kiss them or whatever. You know, I'd, I'd want them to say no if all of a sudden they were uncomfortable. Right. And so um, I've actually been trying to practice this. So, like, if, if I want to, like, give Sunflower a hug, like I ask her and if she says no, I'm like, okay and actually don't give her a hug and that's it's kind of hard it's hard i'm like oh man it kind of breaks my heart right and 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 there's appropriate moments when i feel like i can kind of mess with her and 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 we have our, our moments but um specifically um when i put her to bed at night I'll usually ask her if I can give her a kiss or I'll, I'll blow her a kiss and just kind of, you know, do it that way. But um, there's been actually specifically the past couple nights. It's actually been it's been great because she's consented back. So I, I've asked her, like, you know, can I give you a kiss? And a couple of times she's she's, you know, puckered up her lips and like said yes and like give me a kiss back. And so, um, I mean, it's not like this. We're not talking milestones here. But I mean, this is <laughs> it's just in a way of like being a dad that's like kind of introducing this other like strange aspect of teaching a child a child to consent even at the the young age of five you know to kind of having you know it almost feels a bit more special to have her it feels like she really wants to give me you know a kiss so it's just it's just the sweetest thing so um that that's that's my good news as of late i got two all right um okay so august just finished his first year of preschool so yay for that uh, and Mason just finished uh, third grade, uh, and it was a hard year. Uh, and and this, this community has traveled with us, uh, both listening and following us on Instagram. And so uh, that's just a big deal. Uh, we ended uh, with Macy fully included in her third grade classroom, and um, and it was it was such a good end of the year. So yay for uh, ending school and um, and just the completion of third grade. And then um, uh, the other one is, uh, this is kind of funny. I, I, this is just, I don't know, this is a snapshot. This is a good one, though. So we are huge uh, Disney fanatics and Disneyland fanatics. And so uh, Macy won't go on any ride. She just, a few. But uh, the other day, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're gradually growing into it. And um, so her and her sister... Uh, rode one of these uh, rides, one of these, uh, you know, it's like kitty rides, right? But they rode together by themselves. And oh, Heather and I yeah. sat back and they were like, what is happening? I had like a snapshot of the future and they were giddy and Mason was so proud when she got off and she's like, mommy, I rode by myself. And it wasn't, it was like, you know, this is the Buzz, or not the Buzz Light, it was, uh, you know, uh, this Toy Story Land 
Right, which is kind of crazy inside, you know, lots of sound, sensory, lots of stuff. Yeah. And so, and then they did it again. And so, um, it was just a big moment both to watch the two of them ride together, but then also just um, the, the sibling thing. So, as our, our, the sibling thing, but also just watching her, I mean, we always say it to her, you're big and you're brave. And so, yeah, that's a good news. That's our good news. That's cool. Good. Uh, I'm going to two also first quick one um you know we're in the middle of the the old iep process and one of the the small things is like you know they, they give you like i don't know 36 goals or something maybe it was less than that but there's a lot of goals and uh it's it's been sweet to see um well first of all we're kind of learning like which of these really matter and which prioritize but ace is clearing about a centimeter and a half and is jumping come on yeah. So that's pretty sweet. We get yeah, he's he's making some some air, and that's about what I can do nowadays too. By the way, but uh, it's I can't. For what it's worth, see. I don't. I can't hit thirty six goals. <laughs> yeah. So so we're pretty right. happy, and and like it's just you know you guys know it's just fun to see his his brothers just cheering him on, loving him. So that's my number one. Number oh. two is uh, we're getting ready for our annual migration away from the fog of San Francisco. Going to go see some family. Yeah. Gonna be in pools, gonna catch some fireflies, all that good's gonna be sweaty, you know. So we're we're looking forward to that. We do not have family out here on the West Coast, so um, this is a special time of year for us to just be loved and be with people that 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 we love and all our good family and friends. So good news. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, fellas, uh, this has been fantastic. Um, we have definitely uh, used up our time uh, for the night. Um, I mean, this is absolutely a successful takeover. I think. Can we, um, can we do it again and just not sure. podcast? We just do like Skype call together. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> just just hang. Like Josh is in his underwear. I mean, we're we're all set, man. This is this is a good this is a good hang time. Anything after nine thirty uh, for me works. <laughs> hey, I'll meet you here tomorrow night, guys. Oh, perfect. Um, well, uh, folks, thank you all for uh, making it um, this far and, and tolerating um, this, uh, this this wonderful chance for us dads to share a little bit about um, what this is like. Um, you can check out everything you need to know um, at the website at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Uh, we would love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. Um, tell us about it. It makes it easier for when people look for the show um, to find information about it, it populates to the top when you're searching for it. Well, um, all in, uh, all social media is the lucky few pod. Um, and of course, if you have your own good news, um, we would love to hear from you. Um, dads, if you're out there and you've got good news to share, we'd love to hear from you too. Um, Go to our website at theluckyfewpodcast.com down at the bottom. Um, you can text in or call and leave a voicemail. and We will actually play the voicemails on the show um, or we will be sharing um, your good news actually on social media as well. So um, that is it. Uh, we are going to wrap uh, this thing up. Josh and Chris, thank you so much uh, for hanging out uh, with us tonight. Yeah, and, thank you uh, for having me. A lot of fun. Yep, absolutely. So, And the ladies, of course, absolutely. The ladies, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, for uh, letting letting us um, do our thing here. I thought they and, laughed a lot more. Did they laugh a lot more than we did? 
Yes, yeah, yes, they, they do. do. They do. We're just so serious dads raising yeah. children. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you ask, you ask, like, I know. how We're just having a child with Down syndrome change your life? It's like you're <laughs> gonna get a serious long answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That that's true. Um. Anyhow, so we talk about Happy Gilmore some more, and then we'd probably there we go. Oh, this see, that's what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's lock this thing up. Uh, again, thank you all. Have a good night. See ya. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Lucky Few Podcast. Review our show on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all social media at the Lucky Few Pod. Subscribe on our website for ongoing updates at theluckyfewpodcast.com. Tell us about your good news by leaving us a voicemail or text at 424-442-9147. Our show is edited and produced by Andy Lara at andylikeswords.com. See you next time.